There is a thin veil that protects humanity from the horrors and darkness of the other. Within the other lives everything that our minds can bring to imagination. Or maybe it is not imagination at all, and just a thinly veiled reality that our mind cannot believe to be true. The veil is the will of humanity to protect the innocent from the dangerous and the horrible. A pursuit to ensure that the darkness of the other does not consume the world. The vanguard are those who uphold the veil, who know the truth of the horrors and fight it every day to protect the innocent. They must ensure that the balance is maintained and the darkness held at bay. We are the vanguard of the veil. Welcome everyone to another session of the Vanguard of the Veil, a Monster of the Week actual play podcast powered by the Apocalypse System. I am your keeper, Fred, and my pronouns are he, him, and joining with us today, Steph. Hey everybody, I'm Steph. I play Artemisia, and both of our pronouns are she, her. Alex. Hi, I'm Alex. I answered all pronouns, and I play Deandra, and she is a she, her. Matthew. Hey everybody, I'm Matthew. I play Professor Dennis Gunderson, and our pronouns are he, him. Josh. Hi, I'm Josh. Uh, I play Spin, and both of our pronouns are he, him. When was the last time we played these characters? It's been a while. Uh, it would be season three, episode seven. <laughs> yeah, a long time ago. How much time passed, Fred? Oh, I don't know. Like, I would say a week. Wait, we, so we also haven't done the recap yet. No, we haven't. Matthew, are you ready for the recap? Yes, on the last episode of Vanguard of the Veil. Uh, in Badger City, Artemisia, Spin, Deandra, and Gunderson enter a subway, which takes them to a heavily damaged LIF facility. There they find evidence that children were being tested on when the facility was operational. While searching, the hunters find number 11, one of the Spin clones, and Gunderson lets it slip that Spin was number 7. The demon, Kevin, taunts the hunters in an attempt to have them attack Gunderson for his wicked past, but the power of forgiveness and friendship prevails. Uh, with the help of holy water and big magic, the hunters defeat Kevin and head back to their B&B, the Butcher's Bath, only to find the hostess Barbara murdered by Kevin. It appears that she was the one that had been taking care of number 11 this whole time. And also, uh, I don't know if it was like revealed, but either Barbara or somebody else was probably the person that was, I, I don't think it was explained, but like that's where the ley line was for the veil. And so now that that veil is like down. Like imagine if it was like five electrical towers that are fueling the veil one of the five is now no longer active and you have four more that you have to protect before the veil has been completely knocked down so kind of like that is the kind of arc or goal of the group is stop sargon and his demons from destroying the uh, veil ritualistic circles that protect the veil opens up with a top-down view of an unfamiliar town. It's late at night, but the town is bustling with activity with all manner of people cavorting out on the streets. The camera zooms in between buildings predominantly built of mud bricks and bundled marsh reeds. 
Round arched doorways and flat roofs are of particular note with the architecture of this city. Men and women of all walks of life gather in small groups, drinking, laughing, and even dancing with each other. As the camera continues to weave through these crowds, dark alleyways can be seen in between the buildings. Shadowy figures and cloaks with horns coming out of their heads bargain with humans, producing what look like some type of illicit material. They grin toothy grins as gold and jewelry are handed over to them for whatever they were handing back. Farther down these alleys, people are slumped up against the walls unmoving. Whether dead or sleeping, you cannot tell. As the camera exits these alleyways, it comes to a grand sight. A monumentally sized ziggurat looms before you with a substantial set of steps that lead upwards into this building. Slightly off to the side of these stairs is a landing with torch sconces lying the silhouette of two figures. The camera gets steadily closer to these figures, and one of them is opulently, if not scantily, dressed. A large man beset with jeweled necklaces and rings with a golden headdress of leaves and flowers looks over the city before him. The other man wears humble but nice robes filigreed with gold. The people celebrate your rule every night, my king. You should be proud of being the ruler of the most significant society known to man. The scantily clad man wearing nothing but jewels, a headdress, a fleece-like skirt, and gold sandals that have upturned toes. Proud? Look at them. They spend their nights carousing and invite demons into our towns to sway them with their vileness. What society will I be remembered for if this is all my people do? The road man places his hands into his sleeves in front of him in a motion of supplication. I agree that the demonic presence has increased within our walls as of late. I, myself, with many of our scholars, have been looking into apotropaic magic rituals and have been looking into creating a mythal, with your permission of course, my liege. The king looked down on his advisor of many years. You use words beyond my knowing. Speak simply. Well, my lord, we believe we could create a magic that could cast a, a veil on our people. This spell will essentially hide the evils of our world from our people and trap them in another plane of existence, essentially banishing the demons and purging them from the memories of our, of our people. A look of concern and thoughtfulness crosses the king's face. After some time, he says, make it so. I will be the first king to alleviate our people of the scourge of the demons. Artemisia, you close the book within your hands. The book, written in an ancient language, reads Akkadian Accords. It is a tome of immense age and knowledge, and it depicts the histories of one of the earliest civilizations to both record history, but as well the use of magic. This is the first recordings of apotropaic magic, or causing things to turn away, or turning away evil. Although the term was coined in ancient Greek, this type of magic has been around since the age of the Sumerians. Gene Underwood, the BCC librarian, who has recently been attending to the affairs of the Gunderson Laboratory, turns to Artemisia and says, It is quite the read, isn't it, to find out the history of man and demon and how we used to live amongst each other. It's quite interesting to think about how the before times were. Yeah, this is, this is a lot to take in. I'm going to need to think about this. And she takes a huge hit off of her vape pen. And the delicious clouds of fish tacos uh, vapor <laughs> fill the air. <laughs> Unfortunately, many of the pages were turned out, torn out of the book when we were attacked. These pages held great knowledge of magic as well as locations of the ley lines where we placed our ritualistic circles of protection or what we call the veil. It is a time-honored tradition and duty of us spell slingers. She looks at you and smiles. Do you want to come see my circle? Uh, of is protection. This a metaf- oh, yeah. yes. The, the yeah. circle that protects us with the veil. Oh, 
Sure. <laughs> yes. Show me. Yeah, that would be great. So she takes you back to the bottom levels of the library where you originally fought the demons and where you saved Jean. She was in a special glass room that contained what looked like many old books. She pulls an incredibly large rug up from the floor to reveal a large painted archaic circle with runes all along it. This is the circle I have been protecting all of my life. Unfortunately, much of my power has waned with the years, but I still have some spark left in me. I will protect it with my life, and thankfully they were unaware this was here. Go ahead and try to activate your magic here. Try to feel the power lines below your feet. Allow it to flow through you and lend to your magic. Uh, yeah, so she kind of stands in the circle and, and calls on her power, tries to feel it. And and you feel inv- invigorated, and you think that because of the proximity of this powerful circle, your magic has been more powerful here at BCC. And maybe that's why it, it has just been so much a, a part of your life recently, due to the proximity of this circle. And you feel like at any point that you're near one of these veil circles, that your power is much more powerful. She looks at you sheepishly. My dear, do do you know who your parents are? Ooh, uh, player note. Okay, I I did learn that I have a brother, right? Yes. Yes, but I don't think I know who my parents are. Your mother was somebody who I looked up to. She was fierce and strong-willed and knew what she wanted. You knew my mom? My For a time. Mom? Yes, your birth mother. She led with courage and one day she just disappeared. I unfortunately do not know who your father was. She turns away from you as if unable to look into the into your eye. Well, that's enough of the ramblings no, of an you old don't just woman get to walking down memory lane. You obviously have more important things to do than spend time with me, like saving the world. She chuckles half-heartedly, knowing that her joke was not in good taste. I should see what Dennis is up to. Maybe he needs me to cook him some dinner or draw bath water, perhaps. I think he has the nuggies (laughs) do that. Does he speak of me to you? Flashing through Armija's head all the times that Gundy's just going when Jean comes up. Uh, You know, he just he can't find the words. (laughs) Well, no matter. It's not a lie. He is virile, and I'm ready to carry his seed. I mean, support him in his endeavors. He has quite a role to play here coming soon. Oh God, that hurt my brain so bad. Let's go see what you know. I don't even. You know what? I don't know. Yeah, I don't even want to know about my birth parents anymore. I have to go. (laughs) I need this protective circle to make me forget that ever happened. The two of you make your way back to the God. What is it called? This uh, the the P- DJ Poly D Center for the Sciences. <laughs> uh, Wait, no, we changed yeah, it. Oh yeah, you ripped the plaque the off. Get, they did get taken yeah. down. Yeah, I, I crowbarred it off or something. Yeah, after he turns out he was a demon. It's, it's just like scratched off name center of the sciences. Yeah. I am already texting in our t- group chat that we that Gundy's not in uh, about what she <laughs> just said to me. About so it just goes to spin Deandra. Yeah, yeah, got it. And two of the nuggies. <laughs> the nuggies have stones. And uh, you guys make your 
way back, awkwardly quiet, and uh, you head into the laboratory. Deandra, what have you been doing for this lack last week and what are you doing now? I guess I've been trying to find other locations that we may need to visit soon because the because you said there were like five and one is down, right? So there's four more. Correct. So I'm well, technically, like, I, I guess once Artemisia tells you one is here. OK, so BCC is one. You went to Badger City where one is down. So I guess there's three plus your current location. OK. So I'm going to try to piece together through my methods um, where the other ones are located. Great. And would you like to connect the dots? Uh, yes, I would like to do that. Now, I do want to remind you of something unfortunate. Yeah. Due to the use of the blood curse or blood magic uh, during the end of season two, you have uh, accrued a blood curse, which is a minus one to all of your rolls. Right. Until otherwise fixed. Artemisia didn't cure that last time? No. Artemisia's looking into um, it. Plan to. Alright, so I'm rolling... Ooh, I rolled two sixes, so I got a 12 minus oh, yeah. uh, 1 plus 3. So 14. 14. Uh, I roll a 10 or plus, I hold 3, so I have 3 askings of the connect the dots. Um, I'm going to ask one of the questions, which is, when and where will the next critical event occur? Uh, you, so you kind of like, once again, scan the infomercials that are playing at like two in the morning. You look oh, yeah. into the back of magazines where the, uh, small time ads, uh, are sold or into the newspaper, um, into the, uh, like the area where they have like, uh, hiring for different jobs. You're just looking, you're reading in between the lines. You're trying to look for ciphers and codes, uh, and everything points you to a place called Dallas Fort Worth. Dallas Fort Worth. Okay. The ancient citadel. In Texas. <laughs> yes. I've been there before. The second part of that question was when. It looks like everything points to maybe like ju just under a week. Okay. Like somewhere between the next five to seven days. I'm start driving. Okay. Can't we fly there? We can. It is Dallas. Well, actually, are we all legally allowed to fly? Well, I don't yeah. have my pilot's license anymore, but I can try. Oh. I feel like Deandra's on like a blacklist, though. She's like, <laughs> yeah, no, to I would be able to. Gunderson, too, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'm like, you guys wouldn't have ways. It feels like Deandra's banned from certain airports. Like, she can't go to Denver because she was like investigating the ghosts too closely or something. But I will take this uh, information uh, in a panic at like 3 a.m. To, to Gunderson and wake him up, kick open his door, be like, it's, uh, we have five days. We have to get to Dallas and Fort Worth. He doesn't wake up. <laughs> He's lying there shirtless, and you notice that he is a lot more fit than you recall. Huh. I don't shirtless. Come on, no, he's he's got like a <laughs> he's got like a uh, he's got like, like he's got like a printed T-shirt from like some science convention from like 15 <laughs> years ago. See, Deandra would have imagined he was in the long nightgown with the sleepy elf hat, getting hawk shoe sleep, <laughs> hawk shoe mimi sleep, and he had the the stub of candle yeah. next to his yeah. bed. <laughs> Listen, Spin will come out of the bathroom. Uh, like the and be like, where are we going? <laughs> <laughs> the bathroom in Gunderson's room at three in the morning. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I come out of the bathroom and I am in my boxers 
And I'm like, what are we doing? Dallas, Fort Worth. We have five days. We have to get there immediately. I'll go get a car. <laughs> All right. And, and for reals, there's a couple okay. of nuggies that are like curled up on the foot of the bed as well with gunners. Yeah. One of the nuggies has the phone. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> One of those nuggies. They share. Them. All right. I'll, I'll get them up. I'll go, I'll go get a car. So what do you do? I try to wake up Gunderson. Hey, Doc. Spain, what is it? Uh, Deandra said something about uh, we got to get to Dallas in uh, five days. So she's going to go get a car. It ready. sounds like we have five days. I was in the middle of my honk shoo me 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 sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can hear you. I had to use the bathroom again. You do know there's an, like another, there's a water closet outside. Yeah, but I like <laughs> checking on you. What if I was doing inappropriate things in here? Then the door would be locked. I, there's no door. This is literally, this is my office. <laughs> you don't have a lock on your door? I don't normally live here. I had a house. That's true. I mean, but I've dodged it so far. All of your inappropriate He has not opened his eyes yet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> do, you mean to, do you mean to carry you or are you good? Give me five minutes. Okay. I'm going to go get dressed also. Fifteen minutes later, he comes out. He is, he is uh, dressed and it looks like he's taking a shower. Nice. We go nowhere until I have brewed a pot of coffee. Does is Artemisia sleeping in here too? Or do you do you sleep in your room, the dorm room, Artemisia? Uh, no, I have moved into the lab, so I also sleep in the lab now. So I assume okay. Deandra would have come and woken me up. There is definitely like rules against what's happening in this lab. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, but as we've learned, the oversight at Brown Community College is very bad. They don't even know the lab is there. Like, <laughs> they just think it's like another classroom with like a long desk and like a weird containment shelf mm-hmm. in it. They named that building after yeah. DJ Polly D. <laughs> right. Nobody cares about that building. All right. Yeah, 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 I get on my steel-toed boots, my regular fit jeans, and a tucked-in plain white t-shirt. I'm ready to go, baby. And Artemisia, are you ready to go yeah, as well? Yeah, um, I'm going to like pack a bunch of books in my backpack. Uh, I'm going to chuck in a few items that I might try to make uh, charms out of for Deandra while we're on the plane or in the car, because I guess I don't know that we're taking a plane yet. If we take a plane, uh, I'm packing up some vape cartridges, snacks. Gunderson brings a pair of cowboy boots. He's not wearing them right now. He just knows it's an essential part of being in Texas. Oh, and I'm packing some of those demon uh, removal kits, too. Hot. Uh, so, Deandra, do you find a, a specific type of car? What is it that you're looking for? Something with good fuel economy that has a relatively full tank. But I also want to go, like, make a side trip to get an Atlas from, like, okay. whenever they last printed an Atlas. So I can, like, flip through and, like, draw on with marker our, our uh, route. You just go, like, to the geography okay. department and just, like, steal some stuff. Yeah, from yeah. <laughs> some Atlas from, like... 2015 when they last printed an atlas <laughs> and uh what let's say you roll to see what kind of car you get okay mm-hmm. Ooh, i got uh 10 okay so you do find uh what looks like a, a standard ford explorer mm. uh it's roomy enough to where all of you can fit in it um the 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 fuel economy is okay it's not great but it mm-hmm. does have a larger tank so you don't have to stop as often now do you choose to drive there or are you driving to the airport uh here in fuck what state are we rhode, island. rhode island rhode island oh yeah rhode island I'm fully intending on driving, but I've taken the car in the Atlas and am going to the DJ Poly D Center for the Sciences and picking everybody else up. Whether they disagree that we should drive or not is up to them, but I'm choosing that I'm driving. We, we I can't just drove like to Tennessee and back and 
that was a lot. Yeah. So I feel like Artemisia will like try to on the drive. We'll be like, what airport are we going to? We're going to an airport, right? Do you have a plane? Uh, no, faster. You can just take where it's, it's Dallas. Like every plane goes there. Gunderson yeah. has already crossed his arms and put his head down in the back. I'm sitting next to Gunderson. Here, if we drive, we'll only just get there like as the event is happening and we're going to be tired. If we fly, then we'll get there in good time. We can go to Whataburger and we can just like steal another car at the airport. Okay. I've never had um, I could buy the tickets. Arguably, there are also no flights leaving for a few hours. Yeah, it's also like 3 a.m. Okay, well, I have to make a stop then. Um, I'm going to stop by the old hotel that I was staying at before. I'm going to roll a hmm. um, woman with a plan. Actually, I'm going to suggest that we don't go to the airport because we have guns. We are Americans. Guns. Oh, you won't be able to bring all of your oh, the equipment, the guns equipment. Yeah. Even some of the questionable, like, ritualistic stuff, like if you have to have, like, a dagger yeah. or something. I mean, we could check bags. You could put guns in check luggage, right? I don't not with, know. Not my goo gun. Okay, yeah. My quintessence and my syringe. Yeah. With with strange liquid in it. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Well, I guess we're driving. Yeah, I guess that's why the Supernatural Boys are never on the plane either. <laughs> Damn. How long of a drive is it from Rhode Island to... It was 16 Texas. hours to Tennessee, so... It's uh, it's 26 hours. Oh, straight. not that bad. 26 hours. It's a lot of hours, Yeah, though. but, like, we, there's four of us. Counting bathroom yeah. breaks and food and yeah. all that, it's going to stretch out to probably be at least it's probably gonna go there some, yeah. yeah, it was 24 hours to get from D.C. to Panama City the last time I went. We took the scenic route, though, but, yeah, it was almost a full day. And that was fun. I'll do it again. Okay, who's taking the first leg of driving? And like, how far do you plan to drive? Sounds like Deandra. Yeah, I'll do it. Okay, I'll uh, I'll pour a couple of five-hour energies into my bottle of vodka and head out on the road. Fantastic. Edison brought coffee, but he's got a he just has it in a big thermos for when he decides to actually wake up. Like the ones that have the cup as a cap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like it, like when I say thermos, I'm like we're going camping, and this nice. is a thermos, yeah. Ther- a thermos ass thermos. Nice. <laughs> uh, all right, so Deandra, I guess uh, act under pressure. Okay. Um, I got uh eleven. Okay. So yeah, you you take the first leg of the trip, and uh, you are fine. You know, the two five-hour energies added to your bottle of vodka keep you <laughs> alert, uh, but loose enough to where you're able to relax. Off. And uh, right. nothing uh, of concern happens. Who's, who's taking the second leg? How long is she driving? Out of the 30 hours, I would probably say about 10 hours. You're about a third of the way there. And you're looking at probably what, like almost afternoon of the next day. I'm going to say this in a way that sounds a little meta, but I'm going to back it up. We just we just did another large, big cross country drive. Who's the worst driver out of the four of us based on our cool scores? Spins 100 percent. Oh, I was going to say spins uh, the worst driver because he does not have. If it's an actor to pressure roll, we would know which one of us was the worst at this based on our previous drive because I have a minus one. I have a plus one. I have a zero in cool, but I like spin does not take in a driving test driving test because you're the least cool crew. (laughs) We are. We're, we need we're agency. Okay. Um. I will take the middle leg then. Okay. Go ahead and we'll act under pressure. Oh, thank God. Uh, that's 
an eight. Okay, so yeah, you're partially successful. You know, there there was more stops this time around. You're probably, you know, vaping and drinking, and you just need to take a lot of bathroom breaks. You do make it the 10 hours, but you tack on an extra three hours uh, of the drive due to all the stops. You guys stop for food and stuff like that, where most of you probably slept the night while Deandra drove at three in the morning or whatever. Okay, so you're uh, just probably uh, Missouri or Alabama or something, somewhere around there. And uh, Gunderson takes over. And uh, Gunderson, let's have you act under pressure. Uh, that is a 10. Okay. So it's about midnight when you start uh, and you take over and you drive through the morning once again. Um, and, and honestly, nothing really happens. It's not like you're fighting supernatural demons or anything like that. You're just trying to drive cross country and uh, you make it. Uh, he hits, into- yeah, as soon as he hits Texas and that speed limit goes up, he <laughs> floors it. That's true. Hey, I, I know what happens. I know what happens during Gunderson's leg of the drive. Spin has questions. Oh. oh, what kind of questions do you have, Spin? Spin, I must demand silence while I operate this motor vehicle. <laughs> so if Gunderson is driving, Spin is going to take the front seat so that uh, the two, Deandra and Artemisia, can be in the back seat and relax, have more space. And Spin wants to ask, what does number seven mean? It means you were the seventh. The seventh what? The seventh one of the ones that we made. Made? What do you mean made? What does made mean? Spin, you are not alone in this world. There are many like you. You are, of course, your own individual. However, there are others like you, or at least there were others like you. Like in my family, or what? Like, what do you? What do you? Yes, mean? in a way. So, who's number one? Is that like my dad? I am number one. Are we related? Let's just say that I have known you for a long time, Spin. I've known your brothers as well okay so how how many brothers do i have like like my brothers or like did you make clones am i a nuggy you are t- you are not the superior life form known as the nuggy i assure you I you it. are human and there are many well several other humans that look just like you however you are your own individual with your own personality your own memories your own life that you have lived I have been a part of all of those lives that have come from the person that supplied the foundational DNA. However, you're the only one that I still know, I'll say. So my parents that supplied the DNA. If we want to go into a full genetic conversation, of course, your your ancestors, your parents, whatever, supplied DNA. However, there was an original person from which you came. So I have a belly button. Wouldn't that make me the original? Well, it's it's all a matter of how the, the process is done. You all have belly buttons. So, but the other one didn't have a belly button. Did he did not? He? No, he didn't. I we were just did. joking about that in that episode. <laughs> so as far as Gunderson is concerned, this, the person that he rescued from the pharmaceutical labs at LIF in Badger City was number seven but spin you know you are the original there is nothing in your mind that would make you think that you weren't so maybe we'll have to explore that in a flashback maybe so okay one more question while we're driving um do you remember how that like the demon guy 
was like really insistent that you killed my parents. Kevin? Yeah, that was like, he was just doing a prank, right? To make me mad? I did not personally agree to your parents' deaths. What does that mean? It's been, I was a particularly bad man. I was this is what says, yeah. driven by a desire to push science forward without caring about the impacts it would have on the people involved. So there was a time where I was asked to remove your parents from the equation. Like, re- like from the building? Well, certainly I had to do that multiple times. They did renege on the deal that they had signed away with uh, Life Pharmaceuticals. However, that is not what I am speaking of. Do you remember Professor Sovieski? Yes, I think. I used to work for him at Life Pharmaceuticals. You see, he was uh, the man who came up with the overarching plan for the experimentation that we were conducting. I was merely, well, not even merely, I was his assistant, his partner. Together we were striving to push humanity forward into a new era. However, we were not prepared for the emotional side of such experimentation. Your parents demonstrated that, of course. They desire to bring spin back from life pharmaceuticals, from LIF pharmaceuticals. And of course, we couldn't have that. You were too valuable. Well, spin was too valuable. Okay, 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 okay. So you didn't kill my parents, but that other guy that we beat up did. I will say that the memories are fuzzy, but he certainly did ask me to do that. See, okay. You know my parents, then. I knew them. I don't know where they are or what happened to them. Uh, cool. I suppose. Spin, do you remember being at LIF Pharmaceuticals? No, I don't remember a lot of stuff from being younger. Mm. I'm bad at classes. I have a a hard time remembering stuff. Mm. It's curious, though, after all these years that somehow you would Find your way back to me. It is a small world, after all. My god, are you like a guardian angel? Were you watching me? I did rescue you. I protected you at first. I don't think I was ready to deal with the fallout from what was going on at LIF Pharmaceuticals and what happened at the facility. I had to reform myself, and as you may or may not know, uh, Miss Deandra was the one who sort of made sure I came to terms with my past, or she would have killed me. Which, sometimes I think, may have been the easier way out. But, well, yes, of course, but what is a life without... What is a life of inhumane acts without seeking redemption? When I took this shift, all I thought was I was going to be quiet and just stare at the road for ten hours. (laughs) This is not what was expected. Nope, your son figure is in the front seat with questions, thanks to Fred's (laughs) Kevin. The big one's like, did you kill my parents? Yeah. I think the answer is yes, but I don't think that Gunderson wants to say that. He's not ready And and nobody would technically know either, like, unless he was... We as players don't know, but, uh, like, we we did heavily implied. But the players know because we did that flashback, right? Yep. We never saw it on camera, though. Yeah, but we heard his phone call 
Like, yeah, we did hear the phone yeah. call. Whether or not he did anything, yeah, you know. But the the phone call was like, <laughs> "I've got it." Like, get rid yeah. of the, the parents or whatever. Not that yeah. any of our characters. And then I, yeah, I think there was like a follow up where they like drove off a bridge or something. I feel like there's only one person that truly knows, and it's Deandra. I was going to say whether or not Gunderson killed Spin's because I was about to say that's very it. Unfortunately, Gunderson has given Spin the spark of hope that his parents are somewhere having fleed. I'm sad. Now. And so the smart person in the group that's really good at finding information, Deandra, Spin is going to be like, yeah, Deandra could help me find out. Where oh, parents okay. are. I got I got something then. So Spin. OK. Hypothetically, if. The parents of the first spin are still alive. What would you do? Uh, uh, find them because they're my parents. And what if the original spin is already with them? They have known a spin their whole lives. What makes you think that you're the spin that they would accept? There were already so many of you. Who knows how many of them may have found their way home? Are you not you, satisfied I, with the life that you have? You would know if the other spins made it out. Mm, perhaps, perhaps not. Because I was the one you saved. I, you were the one that I saved, but let's be honest, I didn't know that Eleven was still around either. I guess that's true. Then I have a brother, I guess, but like... No, well, you'd have a twin, really. Yeah. A, more than a deck tuplet. Right. But I mean, like, you know, cool to see my parents. What do you remember of your parents? TV static. Mm. So you wouldn't be able to pick them out of a crowd? Nope. I have no idea what they look like. Mm. You do. I mean, it has been over a decade now at this point, so... Yeah, but I feel like people typically remember better than I do. Well, given you remember nothing, then... Right, cool. I can, we can, Deandra can help, because Deandra's good at finding things, and then we can figure out where they are, and then go from there. Sounds like a plan to me. Mm. It'll work. It'll be a fun time. And I'm sure they'd probably be excited to see that you were the one that saved me. Mm. Here's the annoying part. This is Josh speaking. This is about to be really annoying for you, Matthew. Spin is then going to like kind of sway side to side. Be like, do I look more like my mom or my dad? You look about halfway between each of them, I suppose. Even split. I mean, you do have half of their genetic material. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what about personality-wise? I'm more like my mom or my dad. Well, let's see. You're not crying and begging for me to give you back to them, so I'd say that you are a product of nurture versus nature. Nurture more so than nature. Okay. Oh, here's a good one. Whose voice do I take after? Do I sound more like my mom or do I sound more like my dad? You sound like this guy I know. Josh, Josh Bigginman. <laughs> Perhaps you've met him. Um, that's going to be the rest of the car ride. Just me asking you very stupid questions about which parent am I more like. And as you continue to have those conversations, albeit awkwardly, you see the looming large statuesque of a man, big text, who is the size of 50 floors up in the sky. You realize that you're driving past the Texas State Fair and you are steadily going towards Dallas, Texas. And that is where we're going to call it. Hey everyone, I just want to say thank you so much for listening to our new Geek League project, Vanguard of the Veil. 
If you're interested in learning more about our podcast, follow us on Twitter at Vanguard Vale. If you want to hear more shows like ours, then check out Cthulhu and Friends and Greeting Adventurers, which is a part of the Geekly Inc. network. If you want to follow the people that creates this show, you can follow the keeper, Fred, at I Think I'm Fred. Professor Gunderson is played by Matthew at Matthew M. Morris. Deandra is played by Alex at Happy Pute. Spin is played by Josh at Josketh. Artemisia is played by Steph at Steph O. Kingston. Our show is also edited and produced by Kieran at Mr. K underscore Bennett, and all music and sound effects are courtesy of Epidemic Sounds. <laughs>